Welcome. To Arcade Audio. your host, Samantha Mullet. Your next man on the couch is your beautiful host, Samantha. <coughs> I can't be beautiful? <coughs> Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm your host, Samantha Mullet. Your next man on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. I can't be beautiful? It's been too long. I'm not sure where I am. Yeah, it's been a little while, but it's no excuse because it's the same damn thing you say... I know, but Every I'm also week. on a lot of medicine. I've got a really bad cold. Not bearing the lead today, I hear. Discombobulated. That's it. I think I got that beat. It is Friday, January 23rd. I thought you were going to... You made me feel like a fucking bitch, <laughs> man. You made me look like a bitch on this show. You made me feel like a fucking bitch. It's my job. If you're new here... Pretty much every single week, we discuss how uh, much we hate each other on this show. We talk about our, we just talk about our lives, talk about our family, talk about uh, the world, uh, and we also watch a random movie from our giant movie collection, and we talk about it. Uh, if you've been listening to us for the past several weeks, you know that we've had a meticulous schedule planned, which, of course, we should have known that something was going to mess it up. Um, for my birthday, which is past. Um, for our new series we're starting, we got the Mullet Wars going, we have a lot going on. A lot going on here in Mary Movies in 2020. A lot we're trying to get through, a lot to do. <coughs> um, so I mentioned last week's episode, well, two weeks ago's episode, I had mentioned, um, there was some stuff going on that may cause us to miss last week's episode, which we did, did miss last week. Um, I was in Ohio because my father had passed away. So I'm not going to get too in-depth on it. I, I, I would feel remiss if I didn't share with all of you that listen uh, and don't know me personally, although a, a lot of you already do if you're listening to this, um, that that has happened in my life. It was very sudden and unexpected. Um, I think you've probably heard my father on the show a very, very long time ago in the early stages of it when he was in the background. Um, when we were still smart ass right, comments. Of course. And of course I, I reference him and we and we've joked plenty of times about about it. So it was very unexpected. Um, so I went to Ohio to be with my mother and, and help deal with things. Um if, if you have already reached out or have already heard, I, I appreciate the well wishes. I appreciate, appreciate the condolences and, and checking in. Uh, it's a very trying and difficult time uh, when you lose a parent. And I thankfully have the best support system I can ever ask for in terms of you, the listeners, my friends, my family, but especially... Samantha and my little one, Jillian. I thought you were just going to say those other three, and I was about <laughs> to go off. I was going to be like, I'm sitting right next to you. You're making eye contact it's, with it's me like right a, now. I don't know if you watched or listened to the end of Pod Slam this year when we were saying goodbye, but Rich like made sure to specifically thank every single person, and I'm bawling like a baby on stage. He goes, and that's it. That, that's, all, that's all I have to thank, and he was going to not thank me. and But he, of course, saved me for last. So, yeah, it crossed my mind. So, um... 
so yeah, so we're in the process of eventually getting my mother moved to Florida as opposed to being in Ohio because I was just in Ohio for nine days and it sucks. I was there in <coughs> 15 degree weather, uh, snow. I need to bring it back with you. I had you. a big ass hole in my dress shoes. I, I've been dealing with sinus stuff for a, a, like a month or so now, like hacking and mucus. Um, I didn't get much better. Oh, also, by the way, while this is happening, I also got a kidney stone. Oh, yeah. We were at the hospital. The day we were supposed to fly out, I had to take him to the ER. I was in the emergency room because I got another kidney stone, which I'm going to find out why I keep getting kidney stones. Um, I believe I passed it when I was in Ohio. I got a ton of medication for it um, that I still have. So for all you shoppers out there, <laughs> hit me up. Uh, it's been a rough week. So um, it also falls, my father's passing fell the day before my grandmother's anniversary of passing. So January 12th and January 13th are forever ruined in my life. Uh, and it's so close to my birthday that my birthday is not my birthday anymore. No, no, we've decided. January 18th is no longer Christopher James Mullet's birthday. My birthday is just like a federal holiday. It'll be observed on the last Sunday of January, which is the Royal Rumble. Just uh, National Royal Rumble Day. And yes. then the following day, National Royal Rumble Recovery Day. Yes. Uh, so that's what it'll be now. So this week's episode, uh, every year for Sam's birthday and my birthday, the person gets to pick any movie they want to watch. Uh, no questions asked, even if it's on our ban list. I forgot that this is the one that you picked for your birthday. Yes. And then my comment I made during the movie makes a lot of sense. Uh-huh. Now, to me, makes me laugh um, So, <laughs> So we're still doing it on the week that's appropriate. Um, I'm trying to think of other highlights. I mean, there wasn't there. There are other yeah, there should, highlights. There I mean, be I'm highlights. So sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, was, I, I did I did get some good food when I was in Ohio. Ohio was good for food. I got to eat the world famous Swenson's Gatley Boy twice, once as a dessert. That's a hamburger for those of you that don't know. I got a barbered and fried chicken, and then bought a book about barbered and fried chicken. That might be the fattest Ohio thing I've ever done in my life. Get the fuck out of my house. I <coughs> hit, up, hit up a lot of cool, unique toy stores and stuff. They actually had a video store, like a family video. So this is Ohio for you. There's still video, like there's still rentals places because people in Ohio don't have reliable internet. And they all have VCRs still. I walked into a family video Marco's Pizza Combo. Oh, man. So, like, you, there's literally, you walk the wall of new releases like you would at a Blockbuster. Family Video has it. And at the end, there's just a window where you can order Marco's fucking pizza. Um, I don't have the movies yet, but I got several. I got It Chapter 2, which we already talked about we needed to purchase because for our, our ribbon-cutting series, or whatever the fuck we're calling it. Uh, we'll Tie a ribbon on it. We'll have to, yeah. Oh, which we have to update the listeners on the other things that you told me yeah, about. Yeah, it'll, it'll come up. It'll we, have, come. we didn't read everybody, read to everybody what we were doing, so okay. they, they, they don't know. It'll just, they'll come up when they come up. Um, so I got that. I bought The Old Man with the Gun, because it was $5, that Robert Redford movie that you knew I was going to buy eventually. I, I bought, uh, what I else did I buy? I don't remember. I also bought, I'm going to tell you, I was going to wait till you got the box, but uh, I couldn't pass it up. I bought The Fanatic, which was that John Travolta, Fred Durst haircut movie <laughs> I told you I was going to buy. So we have that. Go back to Ohio, man. <laughs> oh, everybody that's in Ohio looks and feels like they're in Ohio. Uh, also, while I was there, um, I had plenty of free time at night. I want to give three recommendations. Number one, I'm almost done with the second season of Hunter. If you listen to Rich and I's a recap of the top 10 over the past uh, three weeks of movies, television, and unscripted programming uh, for the 2010 decade. You know that Mindhunter was on Rich's top 10. I did not put it on mine because I hadn't finished watching season two. Um, I'm almost done with it, and it's very, very good, so check that out if you haven't already. Uh, I also started watching on YouTube. want to give a shout-out to a very special episode. It is a Funny or Die YouTube uh, series, essentially, where... Uh, I don't know what the guy's name is, but he recaps in about five minutes like those very special episodes of sitcoms from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Family Matters. Uh, there's several from uh, Boy Meets World and like Growing Pains and Family Ties and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in hilariously profane fashion. I'm almost done with them. They are fantastic. I encourage everybody to watch the episode from, of course, the famous Different Strokes uh, bicycle pedophile episode. 
And then there's also the Mr. Belvedere AIDS episode. They are hysterical, so check those out. Also, when I was in Ohio, I watched a movie. Now, you know, on, on, this, uh, on this podcast, I've talked about the, the means of which I have uh, to watch movies. So I had many options. Uh, I could have watched The Lighthouse, which I've been dying to watch. I could watch Bombshell, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. But it was too heavy for me to really... Do. I needed something to kind of ease my mind and make me laugh. So I watched Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Uh, we have not tackled many Kevin Smith movies on this podcast. Not yet. Because it's a weird... We haven't nominated any of them because we're not sure if we're going to do the View Askewiverse. Right, well... We did Tusk. <laughs> I forgot. I tried to forget. <coughs> right, um, because we have to... F- because they're technically... They're all in the same universe. Right. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But, so, but I wanted to watch it. We'll ask the pot father, Kevin Smith himself. <laughs> Rich Kimberlucci. At times... It was one of the ten worst movies I've ever seen That's in my entire life. That's disappointing. That's disappointing. It is so fucking like meta and off point. Like I just don't think he has that speed of like pitch anymore. It was like, he's himself in the movie for a chunk of it. But I think it, but it's... Silent Bob is still a character, and they're talking about. The That's nepotism sick. of his daughter being the main, like one of the main characters, and talking about it's just off. That being said, there are two, spe- there's one specific performance, uh, Jason Muse, which is, even though he has a lot of moments where it's really just the writing, where I think he's very good, and there's one specific stretch that I absolutely love, and it gives closure on, on my personal favorite Kevin Smith movie, um, which is Chasing Amy, um, that needed to be done and almost it's so good it almost redeems the entire movie really almost okay (laughs) i look forward to when like i can just pull that scene up on youtube and then it's like okay i can just watch that i don't have to watch the rest of the movie because the rest of it i almost turned it off wow i never turn movies off and i texted rich specifically 15 20 minutes in like i honestly don't know if i can finish watching this movie and he hadn't seen it he's like that sucks that's sad i I stuck with it but i mean i'm sure when we get to the Kevin Smith movies. We'll, I will we'll probably talk about it and I will probably at that point, like it'll be cheap enough fan. to to break down and get it because I at the point I want you to experience it too. Um, Why though? Uh, but so look, true love means never having to say you're sorry. So this week's episode, we're like those raccoons in that Geico commercial. <laughs> like, oh, this movie's so bad you have to watch it. Well, you are because when you cry, you look like a raccoon. Um, Only when I have makeup on. True. <laughs> uh, and I don't rarely so wear makeup. I, I came home to my beautiful daughter being so happy to see me. I missed oh her so much. Oh, my God. And it was the And now uh, Samantha has this massive cold that she's been dealing with every day. Oh, it's just, I hate getting sick. And I am the biggest baby when I get sick because mm-hmm. I rarely hate, get it. I think I was just run down and overstressed trying to help deal with everything. Yeah. And it, uh, it, it knocked me on my ass, that's for sure. So if I'm like real pitchy on this, more pitchy than I normally am on this, please forgive me. It's hard for me to gauge because I can't really hear myself. Everyone's actually going to respond back with, Sam, that sounded great. Crystal better, clear. Yeah. Better than ever. Yeah, did you cut her nose off? Um, <laughs> I'd be nasally then. Uh, it would sound like, why else if I didn't have a nose, wouldn't it? I don't know. Oh, I can't hear anything. You said... <laughs> I was gonna say, you sounded like a Jewish propaganda cartoon that was deaf. <laughs> um, we gotta get you up. To, you gotta get you caught up because this weekend's Royal Rumble weekend, so we got know, a lot of games, a lot like of drinking to do. Pumping myself, gotta get you full pumped of up. meds, yep. so I can participate. Well, let's because everyone knows the great track record I have with live Royal Rumble days. Yeah, that's for another podcast. Let's get into today's podcast again. Uh, a week late, but not anymore. Uh, my birthday movie. Garden State was my selection this year. <coughs> my turn to read? Or was it your turn to read? I don't uh, remember. It's been like three weeks since we I know, recorded. Let me pull up, let me and it was Ninja Turtles, so it was weird. Let me pull up the... Uh, oh, what's the list? score at? How much am I up? Shut the fuck up. Also, I think... I don't remember if we did it before or after. No, it hasn't been before. We're in the midst of recording our next trivia episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, where I'm one I'm one win away, if you've been following that on Patreon, patreon.com slash arcade audio. I do that to myself, though. 
um, from getting to watch any movie I want. And then we are, we're like at episode 270 something. We're more than halfway at this point to our next. Uh, it's 11 for me and 6 for you. I'm up 5. Ooh, whose turn is it? Your turn. Is my turn okay? Up 11 to 6. Uh, Garden State. Marvelous fun. Hilarious and heartfelt, says Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. Goddamn Peter Travers. Oh boy. Amazing, says Bill Zwecker, CBS TV Chicago. Natalie Portman has never been better, says Bill Zwecker, ZBS TV, Chicago. Writer-director Zach Braff delivers, quote, an Oscar-worthy performance, says CBS TV, Chicago. This movie got like an 86% of Rotten Tomatoes. In this quirky coming-of-age comedy that has been hailed as, quote, the seminal film for today's generation, says USA Today. 20-something, emotionally detached Andrew Largeman, played by Braff, returns home to New Jersey after nine long years. Now, as he tries to reconnect with his past, a series of chance encounters with Sam, Natalie Portman, a free-spirited girl who's everything he isn't, sets the stage for a fateful, mind-blowing take on what his future may hold. Co-starring Peter Sarsgaard, Ian Holm, and Method Man, Garden State is, quote, hilarious, says Rolling Stone. God damn Knocked it. Knocked out of the park. Should have called my shot on that one. I'm not fucking this one up. God damn it. So, man, okay. So, the year is 2004, and I'm a 17-year-old little bitch. (laughs) Who, as I've mentioned on the show many times before, 2004, I'm a senior in high school. (laughs) I'm dating a girl for the first time in my life. I'm in theater. I'm about to go to college. I'm becoming an adult. And blah, 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 blah. Um, I loved the show Scrubs. Loved Scrubs when I was in high school, in middle school. Yes. Thought it was hilarious. Uh, so like Zach Braff. And I, I don't remember being like, like, like knowing about it. Like I, I followed movie news, but it wasn't like a thing. You know, I wasn't following like Sundance or Fox Searchlight or anything like that. Um, I didn't see this movie until I watched it with you, and that's oh, the wow. only time I've seen this movie. Like, and I don't remember this movie when we were in when you were in this bedroom. Mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. of um, no, it was when you lived with Scott Namo. Oh wow! Okay, in the first apartment. That makes I think. sense. Yeah, makes sense. That honestly might be one of the last times I watched. Yeah. It. So, but so the, like. For, uh, for my group of friends, I don't remember. for whatever reason, I mean, then this is a very, very heavily favored cult classic at this point. Sure. It's been out, oh, it's been over 15 years, yeah. which makes me want to put a fucking gun through my head. Um, not pulling my brains out, just like drill a hole in my head and put the gun through it. Um, I remember I saw this in theaters, I think, three or four times. Really? Yes. Oh, well, you worked at the theater at this point. No, this is, we didn't get this at the theater. Please, we didn't get any movies like this. I don't know if somebody saw it. And was like, you gotta see it, or if I sought it out, but I saw it, and I was like, that's the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, honestly, this was my favorite movie. Yeah, um, and you've said previously that this is, like, one of your top five favorite movies. So the reason I did this today, the reason we're doing this today, is because, like to. I said, I've, I haven't seen it in maybe ten years, so I wanted to, we watched almost 300 movies. On this podcast, right? And my top five and top ten don't change a lot, but I knew I moved Get Out into my top five favorite movies. And my five area, but I didn't want to put it five. I knew it was right with Pulp Fiction. I knew it was right with Dark Knight. I wanted to put it in like the three, four range. So everything that's right around there, Up, 40-Year-Old Virgin, stuff like, and Garden State, I was like, man, I don't know like which of those gets bumped. I was like, it's almost definitely got to be Garden State, right? Because I'm 33 years old now. It's been at least a decade, I believe, since I've watched this movie. And this movie has a bit of a stigma to it in terms of being a little bit pretentious and this, this mid aught indie-rific, you know, dream fest, you know? Yes. So it's like... I have this movie on such a pedestal. I, I view this movie with such rose-tinted glasses... That I have to see it now in my with your with your with my my critic hat on because the only thing I really remember is this movie being like 
the inspiration, like writing Good Luck Exploring the Infinite Abyss on people's fucking yearbooks. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if if we did senior quotes, I would have been my fucking quote. And would have been a lot of my friends' quotes. Like we were all fucking preppy IB kids that thought this movie helped me change the world, man, and buying the soundtrack and doing whatever. Pretentious assholes, man. So, the lot of you. So I I went into watching this fucking ready to be like, man, shit. That sucks. I, I it's it's good, but it's not what I remember it being. I'm not that way. Yeah. I still loved it. I still absolutely loved it. I it was, hits differently now than it did then. It's almost kind of... But still, but still is... Because I, I, like I said, I saw this once with you and everything. and um, <clears throat> I, I liked it then. I wasn't in love with it like you were because I wasn't a 17-year-old prick. But uh, then... <laughs> um, I mean, it just hit differently. Some of the things that they talked about and um, the way that they dealt with grief and pain, and which is, I think, what this movie's about. It's dealing with it and moving on and living your life for the right reasons. At least that's what I think. It's more about it. that. It's more about finding who you are and, right. and you letting go of way, your past right. to have a future. Right. Um, and grief and pain is a lot of it. It's really eerie. That I'm kind of watching this. Yeah. You like as soon as it started, you kind of asked me like, "Are you sure?" It's like, "Yeah, I'm sure." Um, so I kind of find it crazy that again, I don't feel like I gave this movie an honest shake because I've now viewed it after a significant tragedy in my life, and it's resonating with me on a different way. When I was 17 years old and I watched this, at the time I wanted to be a filmmaker. Who made <coughs> films funny like, indif- this. like made films exactly like this? Yeah, that could be emotional but funny, and I could write them, I could star in and them, I could like direct them. True, relatable. I look like that, except my nose is big but without the Judaism. Um, you know, I just found it funny that the main characters' names were Andrew and Sam. Uh-huh. I, thought, I thought that was really great. Uh, it's sad that I'm Peter Sarsgaard in this. Um, <laughs> I think it's hilarious that you're Peter Sarsgaard to this day. I do not buy Desert Storm trading cards because of this movie, because it would be too much of a fucking cliche. Um, I think that I know what uh, we could do as a uh, Halloween costume. Uh, oh, God. I think I own these fucking clothes exactly. <laughs> and you, you, you definitely... Uh, you, that, yeah, that's you. That just looks me. like fucking you. That's me. But, so, 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 it was very influential to me and who I was at the time, because I was right. figuring out who I was and where my future wanted to be. Um, and I, I know what my future is now. That wasn't what I got from it today. Right. What I got from it today was instead kind of reconciling my, like, things in my past and, and grieving and, say, and, like, letting go of some things. Um, to be able to move forward. To move forward. And, and, but, and just, like, getting it. Yeah. So, again. Exactly. So, so again, I'm going to have to watch this again in another ten years. To like we'll watch your Jillian to see right oh god that's gonna fuck me up I don't but I don't know how that would I don't know how kids would impact it because she'll be thirteen in ten years you know that right she's not watching this when she's thirteen um, why I don't want her to ask me hey who's that Method Man man and why is he asking about titties <laughs> um, and I, again I, I can't said believe it he got mentioned on the back of the box I can immediately see why some people would hate this Zach faces. Zach, Zach faces Zach Braff's face like the first shot on the airplane. You just want to fucking. It's like Rob Riggle and Step Brothers. I just want to put one of these right in your fucking suck hole. Just want to punch it. You just want to punch it, and then like he's just in the all white room. Like there's so much of it that's just it lays it on thick. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot that that but it you just, can hate. It gets me. I am. You're a 17 year old prick, even on the inside. It's true. I'm very sad that that Zach Braff is for all intents and purposes gone. Like, yeah. after this, he made The Last Kiss, which I believe he just, I don't remember, him and Paul Haggis did it. So I remember Haggis wrote it or Haggis directed it. Then he did Wish I Was Here, which we've done on the show, and did not like at all because it took Poor all. Joey King, man. It took all the negatives of Garden State and threw it into that movie. And there was not a lot of positive. And then he did, I think he directed that, like, Morgan Freeman, 
he directed some kind of like old person heist movie or something. It wasn't Las Vegas. I was going to say Las Vegas. No. Oh, God. It's got Alan Arkin. Alexa, what's the last movie that Zach Braff directed? The movie with the most recent release date, which is directed by Zach Braff, is in the time it takes to get their whispers released on April 2nd, 2019. That's not it, but I know I'm curious as to what that was. (laughs) Um, (coughs) And then he did... um, he did that really bad ABC sitcom about starting a podcasting company that we have a podcast company and we didn't bother watching. <laughs> like, I didn't even know that he did that. It was called like Alex Inc. We saw the we oh, saw the Alex Inc. We saw the commercials for it. I didn't know it was it a podcast. It got trashed company. by critics. It lasted barely a season. Like yeah, yeah, it's just this guy if if you had told me like in 2005 like who do you want to buy stock in? It's this guy. There's no reason that Zach Braff, or I don't know why Zach Braff is a Noah Baumbach, like directing Marriage Story and doing those right. type of things. I don't know why Zach Braff isn't. Um, God, I'm trying to think another good example. Um, I think Noah Baumbach's so, like kind of like the best example there. Of well, that. he directed some of those Alex Inc. Um, the episodes. Sure. What's uh, the going movie? in style. Going in style. That's, it was Alan Arkin, right? Alan Arkman, Morgan, Morgan Freeman, Freeman, and Michael Caine. Oh, I was Michael Douglas. <laughs> Michael Caine. I mean, and it made a decent amount of money, but like he didn't write. Like he's like a, just a fucking director now. He's a director, and it just stinks because he has. I think he unfortunately gets too much credit for this movie, which is fair. Because he's the writer, director, and the star of it. But right. as a star, I'm just going to say right now, he's not my MVP of the movie. He's not my MVP. Because he's so he's very one note, which I think he needs to be in certain points. At certain points. I, I was going to say, I disagree with that sentiment, if, unless you're, you were changing it. No, 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 no. It, 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 like, there's drags where it's... Especially in the beginning, which, sure. Which I understand why. Yeah, I mean, he has a definitive why. upward trajectory in this right. movie because like, he's yeah. coming out of being drugged up for most yeah. of his life, whatever, whatever. I get it, but he has the same face when he's on that plane that's falling, mm-hmm. and the same face when he's in that white room, and the same face when he's looking at his dad. Sure. The same face at the funeral, which I get. In the why. Vietnamese restaurant, like he. Right, but yeah. I get, I get yeah. why they made that decision. But there's no nuance to it. I right, there's no nuance to it. There was no. Mm-hmm. It didn't make me feel any differently in any of those scenes. By the time he gets to the scene where he's trying to make up with his dad, <sighs> for whatever else, he's fantastic in that scene. Yes, and because I, he's got stuff shining through. Yes. And that's so, so very So th- that is a good sign of him doing that character role, but there's other people that overshine him throughout the movie. Right. Writing-wise, I do think... So screenplay-wise, I think I think writing the movie is maybe the closest because there, there are a lot of very, very good verbal gags and mm-hmm. jokes, and I feel like the wording behind... Some of the emotions and speeches is it does feel a little natural in terms of it being like quirky. Um, I want to give him the directing credit, but I more so am struck by the visuals behind it. So I think that's more so like a production design and and cinematography piece. Okay. And then it, I find it funny. So I, I when the credits rolled because I just wanted to listen to let go a little bit. Um, the uh, the DP was Lawrence Lawrence Shore. Share. I'm not sure I'm saying it the right way or not. Uh, who's Todd Phillips' uh, DP, basically, essentially. So he's currently nominated for an Oscar for Joker. Um, <coughs> and he did all the Hangover yeah, movies and yeah. stuff. And the one thing I've always been struck about Todd Phillips' movies, despite the fact that I do feel they are particularly pretentious at times in some of their meaning, but for the Hangover movies, I always remarked, like, man, those just look different than every other comedy. Right, like the, and, yeah, right. And so this, I feel, also gets a lot of credit for that for the combination of the screenplay and the way it's shot with the gas tank gag, the automated sink gag, yeah. the wallpaper gag. Yeah. Um, like a lot of that stuff gets me. Um, so. Right, which is more of a writing and a art production yeah, so, kind of so thing. So I kind of get why this was his apex almost because. Yeah. He had a lot of help to get here, and then I don't think he really had anything else to say, which is unfortunate. Right. But this is a good, a good knockout shot. Yeah. You if know? you're gonna say something, this is something. He got a Grammy for this. The music in this movie is iconic. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, this this soundtrack went either gold or platinum. Just you know, basically just a compilation. It's a movie soundtrack. You right. know, there's no original right. and that's and that's score. part of it too. Is like this was like the soundtrack of his life yeah. during these times because a lot of this is like semi autobiographical. Of course. Um, and it, you know, a lot of these songs had meaning for him and, and played during moments in his life when he, he would yeah. do similar things, which I, I think is cool because. We've all been there, right? Mm-hmm. We all hear a song and it brings us memories. That's the wonderful thing about music. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge, huge music fan. Mm-hmm. I, I love all kinds of music. I, and, and I literally went to go get uh, my chiropractor visit and our daughter knocked out after we watched it. And I just went, I didn't have my iPod. Cause of course, my, I still have an iPod. Leave me alone, people at home. Um... I didn't have that in the car, so I just pulled up on YouTube the soundtrack, and I just started listening to it. I'm gonna listen to it for weeks now. And none of those artists, like, I didn't start listening to the fucking Shins constantly. Right, I'm not right. That person. Right. Um, I already liked Postal Service. I already liked Coldplay. I already liked Simon and Garfunkel. Um, yeah. So all those other bands didn't really, but like, there's certain songs that like, I didn't see gonna be out, but like those songs just again. Yeah. Everything about this movie just checks a box for me. Because it's it was immediately nostalgic, and it was it's just nostalgic now. Go ahead and make your comment. No, no, it's fine. No, <laughs> no, no, no. You can't make that big exaggerated smile and scratch your chin. And... I don't know what you're talking about. What? Nothing. No. What'd you listen to when you were seventeen? What I listened to when I was seventeen? Yeah. Well, the Garden State soundtrack. Uh, Coldplay was <laughs> you're a big... such a Coldplay trick, bro. Coldplay. You are Zach Brass target audience, man. Coldplay. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I'm Zach Brown. Um, <laughs> yeah, Coldplay was my favorite band in high school. Absolutely. Love them. For their first two I mean, albums. They're a, they're a great band. The not, first two albums. Not shitting on them. I love Coldplay. I worked are, in a music store since yeah, I was 16. Um, and I love Coldplay. Love Coldplay. Loved um, The Cure. I was a huge Cure fan. Um, still am. Uh, what else? When I was 17. Eminem, of course. Uh... It's really making me sound like the coolest guy in the world. Postal Service was a big one. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to think who else was 17. The, the Killers. Uh, hot, uh, so I went to college. Hot and... Fuss I had before. It was fucking popular. It was like $6 at Specs down, and just the cover got me. And I recognized somebody told me on the back from the local radio station. I, was, I devoured that album. Beastie Boys, um, Show Tunes. Like, I've always been... So... <laughs> Can't just throw that in there. Beastie Boys and show, show tunes. tunes, you know. Yeah, um, my my inner musical theater nerd. So there was one okay. point. So there's one point. I think that that about pegs you though. I think just the the movie. I maybe felt this movie even more now. Like yeah. the awkward conversations with friends and family, particularly going back to your hometown. Fuck that! I have some of those on Monday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With people I haven't seen for decades because of divorces. And people, right. that, like, just from time and distance, like, like, you, like, you're like, oh, yeah, that person. How are you doing, you know? And then two minutes go by, and you have nothing to fucking talk about. And you never feel more alone. When you're surrounded by so many people. Mm-hmm. But also okay with it, because I immediately knew when I was having a conversation with... XYZ cousin or step whatever that like I have a whole other family of people that I can never run out of things to talk about and say and do but this like put a spotlight on that and showed you know like that's that's not uncommon because in the moment I felt like man kind of shitty that that's like kind of the right. family like you, that's know, you have to happens. have yeah. also like the paranoia like I've been that guy at the party that's like man I don't want to do these drugs <laughs> I've also been the guy that had balls, uh, both uh, in words and in actual drawing on my face and body. I thought you were going to say something else. No. Um, Does somebody ever put balls on your forehead? Like, their balls no, on your forehead? No, I've never had a pair of testicles on my face. Or on any other part of my body. For are, you, are you sure? 100% positive. But you know something were, I don't know? Or if you were, no, I'm just There asking. was one, so I stopped drinking a liquor for about a good solid decade in my freshman year of... of uh, was it freshman? Yeah, freshman year of college because oh. I went to a party in Jacksonville and had maybe like a dozen lemon drops. And it's a miracle I'm alive. I had hour-long conversations with people I don't remember having and I passed out 
in some random girl's bed. Literally didn't do anything. Literally just fell in the bed. And she's like, all right, well, he's out. And just, like, let me sleep. And I woke up, and I had a giant dick drawn on my cheek. Um, I couldn't get off. So I drove back with Christian Gutierrez the next day in his truck with a giant dick drawn on my face. So I've been that guy, let me tell you. Um, I was just on alcohol, though. But, um... Yeah, I, I, I've, I've been in all these situations. I've been in those scenarios. Um, so it's much more relatable now. It is. Um, <laughs> so you, so I'm glad that you felt just as connected to it as I did. Well, but for completely different reasons. Well, t- tell me the reasons. I mean, so I identified with the crazy girl who lies about everything. Named Sam. Named Sam. The kooky mother and the black brother. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's me. That's definitely me. Yeah. Um, no, I just thought it was... I, I just really enjoyed it. I, I thought it did a really... I don't remember much of it from watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, how long ago would that have been? I think we watched it when you were still living with Scott and Amo. It would, it would have it would been, been 2007. 2007, so mm-hmm. 13, Almost 13 years, years ago. Um, I've, so I don't remember. I remember yeah. like the iconic scenes of them like yelling into the quarry mm-hmm. and things like that, of course. But like some of the little things I, I don't remember and like the whole character that's fleshed out in Sam. Um, I just like the relatableness, the honest candor um i just really liked that portrayal and the portrayal of their relationship and Mm -hmm. just like the vice that she gave um you know this is a hard time for our family arguably not arguably uh, definitely much Mm -hmm. harder for you than it is for me but you know to be that person who who's trying to be that support and be there for you and, and know what you need and try to give you the advice. You know, mm. I just felt like I identified it. So, yeah, watching this now, it hits differently, not in a bad way, like in a better way. Mm-hmm. Hits differently. Of course. Um, so I just I just really enjoyed it. I, I just mm. like that portrayal. I like, I, I just really love the honesty in this movie and, and, how real it feels. See, that that's my biggest... That, that would be my biggest like. rebuttal if somebody was like, this movie's kind of a put on. I don't feel that way. I don't, I don't feel that way because I, I, I feel... I've acted like that. But I mean, like, that's how I am. Right. Like, I feel like that's how I get when I get hyperactive. Like... You, you literally just did it right now and it's <laughs> kind of spooky and crazy. Yeah, like, when I get hyperactive and stuff, I, that's how I am. I, I, I think that people go so long trying to put others in boxes and in labels don't understand that we're humans and we feel all of the emotions and we can feel them all at once um and so we have to be allowed to do that so you know it's it's i think a true picture of to what is it 30-somethings, 20-somethings. I think he said he was 26. So, like, you yeah. know. I, but, I mean, that's been she within definitely the last seems younger. few years yeah. for us. But I just really felt the connection between them um, and everything. I mean, I don't go – I don't talk to a lot of people from high school and stuff. I've started recently to reconnect with some of my old girlfriends from high school. But, but – it's just very different um, than going back to your hometown mm-hmm. or going and, and, you know, whatever. So, I don't know. I just feel like you're allowed to be that kind of raw and mm-hmm. open. Also, you go back to New Jersey. So like, yeah. It's, that's right in the middle of Miami and Ohio in terms of, like... Shittiness. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. yeah. And it, there is... It, it does do a good job of... Um, like making all these like oddball characters like like though I know those people right. you know what I mean like right. I know 
the 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 kooky guy at the store that you bump in and you're like, fuck. I, yeah. I the, like oh god now I'm gonna be here yeah, for twenty the, minutes talking. The guy who's doing the shower is like, why are you doing that? Why are you a cop? Yeah, you exactly. Know? Like I right, and I know all those. We know them even from our college years and, yeah. and stuff like that. And I yeah, it's just like you run into these people or you're from this town and you see these things. And I just really think I don't. I think. When I was 17, had I watched this, I would have thought it was pretentious and trying hmm. too too hard. Okay. Now I don't because I've been through life. Like, I've been through a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I was 17, I really hadn't at that point. Yeah. You know? Uh, which I can't say for everybody. Everybody has different life experiences. But I think, like you said, this movie checks a lot of boxes. And I think it does that for a lot of people, you know? I... Um, and I just, I related to to that side of it more. I know, you know, you're supposed to relate to the main character or whatever. I didn't, but I identified in that. And Sam, Natalie Portman, I think she does a fantastic job. I really like her performance in this movie. Is she your MVP? She's my MVP. I'm going to give it to you. I, I just think she does such a great job. And I, lo- I adore Natalie Portman. I think she's great. I've. Seen, I think, almost every one of her movies that she's done. So we just recently talked about the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, uh, and this is another one of those characters that falls into that. Um, but for me, this is without question the best usage of it because not having any, having any conflict and just being, like we talked about, so real and such a, a spirit. Uh, yeah. It, that, makes, it makes those scenes so easy to digest and so relatable. Um, we'll get back to acting in in a moment. Is there anything you don't you don't like about the movie? Um, some stuff drags. Some stuff drags. Some stuff I think that they delve into when they should touch on it, like the partying. Sorry. Yeah, I, I get I, you're saying. A couple, a couple of those. Um, so like his first party, and then even like when they're at. Um, Jesse's house and yeah. like the pool and stuff. Yeah, yeah it, it gets a little long in the tooth. Right. You, could, you could cut ten minutes and get it sure. at like a good like, solid ninety, and it'd be even better. Yeah, like you, yeah. you could shorten that, mm-hmm. still have the impact, but mm-hmm. shorten it a little bit. I feel like at a lot of points, this movie is just a collection of ideas of kooky scenes, like oh, let's have this guy return knives, or oh, let's you know. Let's yeah, have... but I mean, we've all done that, right? You find someone, you go return it. Like I mean. <laughs> Think about, you know, like... like uh, <coughs> I get what you're saying. So I think it, it, <coughs> it's oh, meant to be part of that experience that we all right. have had. Right. Um, do you have a favorite scene? Um, favorite part? I really do like the quarry scene. Um, I liked the... I, I liked the introduction to Sam's family. Um, mm-hmm. You know... The mom and the brother, I thought it was great, the whole story. Mm-hmm. I just, and I liked just the quirkiness of it all. Um, I liked that. I I thought that they had good performances at the end, um, mm-hmm. um, in the I, airport. I love the Jim Parsons scene, which I wrote here. Never thought I'd say that. <laughs> uh, I never said that before. I the night scene is maybe my favorite scene because it's just... I like, I like when they call back to it. I think I like that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of good callbacks and references. Um, but, I mean, that's just for... Yeah, fucking Gene Smart, who I, I've always loved, especially after Watchmen, love even more now. But her and Parsons not being dialed up to 11, he's at like at an 8. You know, it's much more easy. I also like the doctor scene. Like, because that doctor's just a really cool character. Yeah. And it's like the first time you kind of see hope for, for Andrew. Um, so I just want to point those two scenes out um, specifically. But yeah, the the Abyss scene, did you see, do you know, or did you see when we were watching the bloopers, it was like three minutes of bloopers, what the original name of this movie was? No. The original name of this movie was going to be Large's Ark. Weird. So everyone calls him. I would not have. Everyone calls him Large. Andrew Largeman's name is the character, and then the like, basically the arc that uh, what's his name is living in, watching the quarry. 
I was like, man, I would immediately not like this movie just based on how bad that. Yeah, I would. Is. I would, yep. Yeah. Definitely not. So yeah, Garden State is just much easier and simpler and better. Um, <laughs> Thanks so, for your is that your official analysis? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh So we already put Natalie Portman's MVP. She is. She's incredible she, in this she's movie. She's great. Um, Peter Sarsgaard for me is a good solid number two. He's really good in this. I. I don't, uh, I don't. We've talked about the Sars Guards, right, on the show. I think we had a stretch where we talked about just all, Bill, Stellan Sars Guard, Bill Sars Guard, Peter Sars Guard, Bob Sars Guard, so, uh, Chico Sars Guard, um, Harpo Sars Guard. Yeah. There's a lot of Sars Guards. Barry Windham Sars Guard. <laughs> it's cheating. That's not the actual joke. <laughs> but uh, I don't like. Why don't I see him in everything? I know why I don't. Because he's a character actor. Like, he's not going to be, you know, leading a franchise of things. He was in fucking Green Lantern as the villain. Uh, but he's he's a character actor who takes these kind of, like, darker characters or these roles that are kind of awkward and oddball. He's so good in this. He's, he's, it's a damn shame he's not getting MVP here. Because I do think without him as, like, kind of the... The like the genuine friend, but also like this damaged friend, like he is basically to me the way I interpret it to Andrew. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard's character gives Andrew a whole nother level of hope because despite everything that he's gone through, he's not him, you know what I mean, right? Like, he's not. Like, w- coming up with, like, Ways to real scam estate money. scams or, you know, yeah. returning knives he didn't buy and, and chasing down uh, jewelry or having to steal jewelry out of graves and stuff. Like, and having these really sad, you know, yeah. hedonistic parties with much more successful people. Um, he, he does a great job of just, like, wearing that on his face, you know? Um, yeah. so I want to give him a shout out. Ian Holm is great. Uh, Method Man is great in the little bit you could see meth for. Um, Method Man and those titties. I struggle to come up with an LVP. I have two very, very minor characters that could be, but I wanted to get your opinion first. Um. It's not Jim Parsons. It's not, uh, it's not Olivia Benson's brother, uh, the cop, who was also, has been in like every Zach Braff thing. Uh, Michael Weston is the actor's name. Um, yeah. I also love that scene. <laughs> That's a great. How'd I do? Yeah. Um, um. I. I think. What, what was his name? Benson. Vincent. Uh, Car- What's his name? Vincent. Carl Benson. Vincent. I think his no. name was Vincent. Uh, so I have him as one of the two. I, I don't want it his to name be is him. Vincent. Uh, that's Jeffrey Aaron. You know. So here's a funny quiz. Up until very recently. You just ignore me when I say Benson and Vincent now? I am, yes. God damn it. It's actually very funny that you're mentioning this. And you'll know why in a second. Up until very recently, who was Jeffrey Aaron married to? Who's Jeffrey Aaron? That the actor? That guy. That actor. So he was in 500 Days of Summer. He's been in a bunch of shows. He's in this. Zoe Deschanel. No. So, like, visualize that guy. Visualize that fucking sad sack of a looking person, right? Yeah. Who was he married to for uh, the better part of a decade? Until just recently. Uh, I don't know. Christina Hendricks. That guy? That guy got those. (laughs) That guy was married to Christina Hendricks? That guy was married to... uh, Dennis recently filed for a divorce. Really? Yeah. So he can go fuck himself. That's why I was saying it was ironic the Vincent and Vincent thing because Christina Hendricks' voice is Gabby Gabby. <laughs> Toy Story. I I don't mind his portrayal huh. because because that <laughs> Jesus is making you sicker because that's what that guy should be. You know what I mean? Uh, so I have a really really odd one to suggest: the restaurant manager. He literally is in the movie okay, for, like, for 15, 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just so bad, like, complaining about Large being late. And, like, I got people from Omaha and this and that. So, like, you go out there and you do this or you're going to be replaced by me as the headshot in his hand. And just the way he speaks is just so fucking bad and unbelievable that I'm like, man, fuck this guy. 
So that would be my only other one besides who you suggested. Uh, unless we can come up with anybody else, I, I, I'm fair game for, you know, whatever. I mean, either one, I think it's fine. Of course, my IMDb just fucking stopped working. Oh. I know, I had to restart my browser. Um, so, if I can get this working, I will... No, not now. Oh, why are you running so behind? IMDb... Fucking me up right now, bro. You're messing me up. So the um, are you looking for his name? Yes. George C. Wolf with an E at the end of Wolf. George C. Wolf. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's the LVP of Garden State. Because again, I don't have anybody else. It's not going to be Detembe. It's not going to be Ann Dowd. Not be Detembe. And, man, this movie's got so many good like that people like Ann Dowd, Gene Smart, Michael Weston. Um, I think the guy who plays Jesse. Uh, I mean, Peter Sarsgaard is definitely one of, one of, you know, those characters. Uh, yeah. And then you got fucking Ian Holm, you got fucking Ash, you got fucking Bilbo, you know. Just crushing it, too. He almost got an Oscar, he got Oscar buzz off of this movie. Really? I feel like he does hardly anything. Yeah. But he, he did. Hey, that's okay. Um, what else on Garden State? I think we covered it. I mean, it was it's just a a, a great movie. Um, we talked about all of the ways it's kind of grown and changed, and I think that also marks a good movie where it grows and changes with you. Like you watch sure. it, you relate to one part, you watch it again, like you mm-hmm. said, a decade later, and it still holds the mm-hmm. same value to you. But for different reasons. I think that is the markings of a good movie, a lasting movie. Do you have a movie like this from when you were in high school? <laughs> that was a dramatic water grab and drink. I don't drink. have any water left. Um, do I? It doesn't have to be something that like came out then. This is just happenstance. Because also very much, you figure, this was my favorite movie of all time for about six months, and then I saw Pulp Fiction. Like, I saw this in the fall of 2004, and I saw Pulp Fiction for the very first time in, like, the spring of 05. Yeah. And I was like, those are the two greatest movies that have ever been made. <laughs> you know? Um, that you, like, recall or really remember, like, resonating with you? The only movie I really... I mean, I watched... My mom and I would watch a lot of indie movies. We mm-hmm. didn't... I didn't really go to the movies a lot. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I guess I did. I saw, like, shitty movies, but... Um, my mom and I would watch a lot of indie movies, so we watch like um, the Magdalene Sisters. Mm-hmm. It's about like Black Irish mm-hmm. in Ireland, um, all that. And we saw um, Robert Pooh Fence, was which is about the Aboriginals in Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, those two movies have always stuck with me. Two of my favorite movies. Um, they're very sad. Cool. So you don't talk about them a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But they didn't, like, shape me into who I am. Right. Um, but I wasn't as big into movies sure. then as I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, You're so, welcome. Thank you. It's a big part of my life. No. I mean, I watch them, but I honestly can't remember. But, I, I mean, that's a good question. I'm just curious. You, do, you don't have to have an answer. I'm just curious. Just curious. Um, score time. Yeah. I'm giving it a 10. Oh, wow. Because that's, it, it, it certified its place in my top five. Okay. It, it, it locked its spot down for me. Um, my top five is Pulp Fiction, Dark Knight, Get Out, Garden State Up. That's my top five. And we've done three of those movies on the podcast now. We'll get around to the other two. No. Four. We seven in Dark Knight. What? Nothing. <coughs> Just learning a lot about you. <laughs> what is your score? An eight. An eight. Okay. All what? Right. Fine. The way you were talking, I thought you were going to go much higher. I thought. I thought. It, I thought I had a chance here of making a perfect ten. No, I don't like it. Well. Hmm. No, you are no. I'm not going to influence you. I gave fucking the Little Mermaid a. Eight. I don't deserve this. <laughs> you can go fuck yourself. It's you know seven. I mean? no. Six and a half. Six and a half. No, an eight. Okay. So a nine for Garden State. I think it's fair. I'm going to nominate it for 
best movie and it'll get no votes in next year's uh, Mullet Awards, so it'll be fine. Movie we shouldn't have watched. So a nine for... Fuck you! A nine for Garden State. That's a really good movie. Ends my birthday on the podcast, but my birthday's not over because we have... It's <coughs> Royal Rumble season. Um... We'll wrap this up as Samantha starts to deteriorate as it gets I'm closer so and closer sorry. to, to I bedtime. More medicine. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. Uh, we don't have anything to draw or nominate. This was a special birthday uh, episode. Next week will be Don John, the movie that Samantha nominated. It feels like a decade ago. I know. Wait, I need to write it down. And then uh, after Don John, we'll do our first in our uh, our uh, wrap it up. Wrap. <laughs> That's, yeah, our Wrap It Up series. There we go. Ah, you, you see know, what yeah. I did there? Our first on our Wrap It Up series, going back and watching the Thank sequels. you for listening to uh, Married to Movies, the show carried by Samantha Mullet here. Uh, going back and watching the movies that are connected to uh, sequels or whatever it may be from movies we've already done in the past. That'll be Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Because we're doing them in order when we saw them on the podcast. I cannot wait for that. I have a story to tell. We've talked about it enough, all I'm right? I'm going to talk about it again. So, I'm talk about Don it John, Mamma Mia, and then, if, uh, if you listened last week, you know, we drew the Star Trek uh, film franchise, which I was thinking about. So, like, the other Star Trek movies, are they technically canon because of Spock Prime in the new Star Trek movies? <laughs> yeah. They all take place in the same universe. They're well, they don't. Movies. They take place in this, like different universes no, 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 with that's different the whole timelines. Point. No, that's the whole point. It's the same universe, but are we, it's but, different timelines. But are we sure that... Yes. Well, we only have one of them, so fuck it. We're not doing it anyway. We're just doing the three Star Trek movies that we pulled, and we'll do Wrath of Khan on its own. It's not right. It is right, because in the second movie, there's another fucking Khan. So it is right. Just because... Just because the actor plays it does not mean that it is the same thing. Because events take place in the new series. We'll get there like in three fucking weeks, okay? Um, and then by that point, we'll almost be wrapped up with the Mullet Awards. We'll have the movie we should have watched. We may have uh, the trivia series done by then. So the movie that I select to watch for that we may uh, have on the docket. We also have um, potentially... Well, no, we have, we have several weeks left before the, the reading bet is over. So a lot going on. 2020. Stacked coming up on our Patreon exclusives eventually. We're gonna get to there. Probably, probably start watching with Augie this weekend. Around the summer, that'd be really funny. Um, so stay tuned. Uh, ArcadeAudio.net for this podcast and the others on a network of shows. Like I said, patreon.com slash ArcadeAudio for bonus content. ArcadeAudio.net slash The Mullets. Please, please, please. You only have a couple weeks left to vote in the Mullet Awards. We got a lot of ties going on right vote now. Vote for all my stuff. So please break some of those ties. Vote. <coughs> Tell your friends. Uh, MarriedWithMovies at gmail.com at MarriedWithMovies on Twitter Facebook.com slash MarriedWithMovies um, Watch the Wild Rumble this weekend Check out our sister show Podswoggle Wrestling Podcast with Entertainment for a lot of that stuff uh, And if you like video game wrestling uh, by the time you're hearing this uh, you Tune can, in! You can check out uh, 3pm Eastern two video game Raw Rumbles with a bunch of drunk people including myself, my wife Robert Colin fucked over again. Uh, Augie Artillas will be hanging out watching that. So it's my birthday weekend. Come Holly, hang out and celebrate with me. I need it, folks. Anything else? No, not after that. That was like... No, I just I, I want to hang out with y'all. Y'all make me feel better. Since when do you say y'all? Since I've been to Ohio. Everybody in Ohio. For a mullet. This is mullet. <laughs> Signing out for Married in the Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Looks... 22 years older than what they actually are. It's, I'll never forget, we went to Summit Mall, which was the only mall from my childhood that's still open in Ohio, out of the three malls there were. Literally, a week before I went, the other mall got the water shut off on it due to unpaid bills. God. On the way out, my mom wanted to get some popcorn, some gourmet popcorn for herself. She got three bags of gourmet popcorn that I look forward to throwing away in 2023. And the girl that was, like, like behind the counter almost definitely had to be in college or high school. Okay. She looked at least 42 years old. Okay, and? Because of the weather and the cold, and they don't know how to do makeup, and, like, it's just bad. It's just sad. I wasn't glad. I'm not mad, but they're all cads. Josh Gad. 
Please turn this off. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.